0: welcome to making it happen a career in the performing arts where we discuss how to break into the performing arts industry for yourself or your child teen or young adult guests include artists creatives casting directors musical directors choreographers agents and managers as well as parents of young professional actor singer dancers all who are passionate and share my vision of helping talented individuals land professional representation and have successful careers in the arts My name is Lisa Solak and I am the CEO and founder of Making It Happen, a career in the performing arts, having helped hundreds of clients break into the business on stage and films, television, commercial work and more. This podcast is supplemental to my groundbreaking online courses, Professional Kids and Teens 101, a primer for parents and Professional Biz 201 for young adults, college students and graduates. For more information, check out all the ways that you can benefit from my online courses, programs, free weekly newsletter, and free guides. Go to lbctalent.com or lbctalent.thinkific.com. My guest today is Amy Lavulette Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Lisa? I'm good. I'm very excited to talk to you because I know how busy you've been, and it's been so exciting for you recently. I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, and I'm sure that your your mind is just spinning with all of the things and the schedule must be insane. But um, yeah, so I'm really happy that you're taking the time out of your morning to talk to me today. And I think the listeners are going to benefit greatly from your story. So yes. let's start at the beginning. I always ask everyone, when did you know that you were a performer? Like, did you know this um, when you were super little? Like, everybody always says that. I thought you're going to talk about what I'm doing now. No, I want to know about the beginning. My gosh. Yeah, okay. Let me, like, go in the memory <laughs> thing. I actually, like, I knew quite
1: young that, like, I wanted to be a performer or, like, I at least, this is not the case anymore or the reason why I do it. But I remember being in kindergarten and I was just like, I want to be this role in the play because it's the main role. Like, I just, like, I just had the little spark of wanting to be part of something. So there was definitely a moment in kindergarten, but... I do remember specifically in I want to say it was like sixth grade, we had this project to just draw our future selves. or that might not be exactly along the lines, but it was something to have to do in a future and where we want to be. And I just did a big building that said Broadway on it because that's what I thought Broadway was at the time. <laughs> it's like i had seen musicals, but I was just like, I, I grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana. And that was like a red carpet and just like go into the show like I was, you know, going to work because that's how work is. You
0: walk up on the red carpet. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love it. I'm sure there's a lot of other kids out there who, who envision it that way. Yeah,
1: it's like, I mean, it's definitely glamorous to be part of a Broadway show, but like, Day-to-day, maybe not the most glam, <laughs> <like> that. <laughs> not a red carpet. Yes, yes. But yeah, so that's when I knew. I mean, before that, I was singing with my dad a lot because he's a musician, and I was taking dance classes. It was more of a ballet-intense studio, so I was constantly performing, and there was no other lifestyle. It was go to school, go to dance class, or go to piano lesson, or voice lessons once I got older. So Mm -hmm. there was no question.
0: Yeah. Now, did your parents support you from the beginning, possibly because your dad was a musician or did they realize really early and put you, were you in lessons from when you were five or did you start later?
1: Yeah. So I started dance lessons probably around four or five. And initially it was actually because I was going to a daycare when I was younger. And one of my best friend's there was starting ballet lessons and like the moms, my mom and her mom talked and they were like, oh yeah, we'll put Amy into lessons so they can like still be together. And it stuck and grew. And then, like I said, I was singing with my dad. He would, you know, teach me harmonies and stuff. And they just knew that I had these talents. They knew I could sing. They, they were there to support me. And they, you know, if there was a choir audition, when I was younger, they'd, they'd be like, you should audition. This is, and I'd be like, okay. And of course I wanted to, but Mm -hmm. they definitely pushed me on those avenues. They were, you know, they didn't question what I wanted and I'm very lucky for that. Mm -hmm. I know that's not always the case.
0: Yeah. So they sought out other opportunities other than what you were getting in your public or private school situation.
1: Yeah. um, I went to private school and, There was, you know, we had choir in our lower levels. And then high school, we had a drama club called STK, which was um, for musical theater. There was kind of a big rut in my training because Katrina hit while I was in high school. And so that was my junior year. I would say it's kind of similar to the pandemic feeling we all just felt. It just halted everything. And of course, there was more to worry about than my extracurricular activities, but mm-hmm. it definitely changed the journey a little bit of mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. that way.
0: Mm-hmm. But it didn't change your focus, obviously.
1: <laughs> no, it didn't. It did. It. it paused it because we had to figure out, you know, life things because mm-hmm. everything. But um, I was still on the trajectory of wanting to go to the music school or go to college
0: mm-hmm. for so that's a perfect segue because um, the college experience is is always a tricky one um, for people who are looking into the performing arts space. And so what was that like for you and what did you have to do? Like, Give us some details about that process for you and where you landed. So
1: <laughs> mine was very simple because since we had lost everything in Katrina, it was very much like, okay. I can get a scholarship to an in-state school. So it really narrowed down what where I could go and just, you know, it complicated things. So the best case scenario was to go to LSU, which has an amazing music school. The school of music there is, I've had, like, that's where my core training came. Was that classical-based? It was classical-based and it was very small. Um, And here's here's a little story that will tell you never to give up. So my first audition was for the fall of 2007. And I went in to audition and I didn't get in the first time. It was, I think it was halfway because I was still kind of in high school mode of like, I was taking what I wanted to do seriously. But I also was just like, I want to hang with my friends. So like, I probably didn't practice as much as I should. Um, I was kind of used to being the best person in, you know, you got to work harder. And, and of course it was heartbreaking and, but I went into LSU the first semester and just got some gen eds done and I auditioned again and I got in. And what's crazy is I got in, I auditioned for the first opera that was going to happen in that, that spring, I think it was called Rape of Lucretia. It's a Benjamin Britten opera, which only has about seven roles. Don't quote me, but it it's very small. Mm-hmm. And I got one of the roles and I was like, okay, I'm doing something right. So just cause you get that no, or that response that you were not expecting, you just have to keep going. Like, it's just, it, it's hard. And it's, it happens for the
0: rest of your life as a performer, honestly, right? There you go. So yeah, that was a good first lesson. Mm-hmm. How many years were you there? Were you in a four-year program, and was it a voice major? Were you in vocal performance? Like, what was that specifically? Was it a BFA?
1: Yeah. So, is I um, actually double majored? I ended up majoring in both Bachelor of Music Education and Bachelor of Music Performance, mm-hmm. um, which took me a little longer. It's about five and a half years. But I wanted to do both because it was kind of a why not situation, like, and it wasn't easy, as we all know, especially as performers in college, I feel like we're there so many hours of the day, like it just, it doesn't even matter how many hours you're taking or credits, you're just there all the time. So that took me a little longer just because of the scheduling. And I also had to have a semester of teaching. So which was with high school. So it took me five and a half years.
0: So you did a student teaching program too. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So you put the time in definitely. Did you have a lot of opportunity to perform in that program? Because sometimes they don't, you said that you, you booked something right away at the school that you got to be in, but did that continue through those years or was it something that they only allowed you to do, you know, certain years of the program? Do you remember?
1: Um, they continued to allow it. they, They honestly really pushed for everyone to audition for operas. So I was specifically classical. So it's specifically opera that I was auditioning for. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there, you know, it was a big day when there were auditions. It was very nerve wracking. But we still had the time because classes would pretty much be in very early chunks, especially like music theory and um, diction and all of these things. And then at night would be rehearsals
0: hmm. Wow. Yeah. So it was a busy time. Mm-hmm. And that was a long time to be in school, too. So so now w- what transpired after graduation? Like, where did you land? What did you what was your focus? What were you thinking? Like, did you switch teachers? Did you stay with teachers? Like, kind of give us a little bit of that that piece of the journey.
1: Yeah. So, oh, my God, it's like, where do I start? I knew I was moving to New York whenever I graduated. I couldn't wait to graduate. I was like, I'm moving to New York. I was still so a teacher. We all had studios and our like professor teacher in terms of voice. And then we had a doctoral student that taught us. And Corey was my doctoral student who taught me and who I'm still good friends with now and still take lessons from her. She's a technician. Amazing. So that is a relationship that I got out of LSU and that I have kept in terms of training. But when I graduated, about three months later, I moved to New York. I knew performing is what I wanted to do. I talked to friends who were there to figure out how does the musical theater auditioning work? Because to rewind, yes, I went to school for opera. But in the summers, I would go back to New Orleans where I lived and work at a musical theater theater there on Tulane's campus okay so I was kind of doing both at that time I was like oh I'll go to New York and do both there too (laughs) so I moved to New York and I learned the hard way of um I knew it was like a 16 bars instead of an uh, your package of arias for opera but the process, it was so alien to me of like, you know, going to the non-union call, waiting forever, and then finally getting in the room. And it's like that. And you just, I was like, oh, okay, this is how it works, or at least how it's going to start. Of course, I got there and I was like, I'm going to do it all. But then I kind of realized, I'm like, not that you can't pursue more than one thing, but I had to really sit down and focus and figure out like get my ducks in a row of what are the steps to having a successful audition. And one of them's just showing up. So That's the main one. (laughs) I honestly, cause I, I knew a pocket of people in New York and like some were performers, but mainly from Louisiana who I had met there. And um, I just started meeting people at auditions and just keep showing up. And then, started getting hired and I was like and started meeting more and more people and it's you know and that brings up also the subject of um networking yeah <laughs> you know half the battle is like also people want to work with their friends or people that they already know who who works well or is easy to work with or will get the job done like you know it's the safety net
0: yeah, for sure. Because if there's a producer or a director who know, who has worked with other people and they know like just what you said, they're going to show up, they're going to do the job, they're going to know their music, they're going to know the lines, they're going to learn the dancing, they're going to show up on time, they're going to put in the work. If there's extra things that need to be done, they're going to be there to do it. And if they know that's the case, it's so difficult for them to go, okay, do I look for new people? So there's definitely that piece that happens for sure. So yeah. what was the first thing that you booked? Like what where, where what I, lane were you in?
1: So I booked um, The Golden Bride, which was with the Yiddish, the National Yiddish Theater of Volksbeam. So a completely Yiddish show, of course, a language I do not know, but I was kind of on the lines of like, well, I've sung operas in different languages and I've t- taken diction classes. So if I book that, I'm sure they have someone there who's going to train us on how to say this and what we're saying. It was a really cool thing to book because we were doing this show that hadn't been done since like the early 1900s and they were just revamping it and it was really cool um so that was the first show i booked and then after that was summer stock did a whole summer stock at McCaiden theater that was like we did like seven shows in a matter of three months like you just Talk about working every minute of the day, but I've also made like some lifetime friends through that. And I learned a lot and got to play dream roles like Cinderella and Into the Woods, but also having to learn that in a matter of two weeks, it, it really was a good challenge. And I was also still like, not that I'm not young anymore, but I was, you know, still <laughs> bright eyed and like, yeah, let's go. Like I just had right. all this like new energy, you know? Right. So right. it was really good timing and it was a good experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you explain for people, and especially parents who have no idea what summer stock is, what it actually is and, you know, the audition process for that. Can you give us some insight as mm-hmm. to, you know, for someone who has no idea?
1: That's funny. I'm like, what is summer stock? <laughs> 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 what is it actually? I would say it's like, um, I guess it's these theaters who put on shows in the summers and it's um, you're living in, you know, they have housing for the actors, you live there, you rehearse. So you'll be doing one show at night. So like at night, you'll be doing Chicago. And then during the day, you'll be rehearsing for the next show, which will be Into the Woods.
0: It's theaters yeah. that are that are serving, they're serving the tourist community usually, right? It's, yeah. it's that type of thing. And they hire one cast to go in and do a number of different shows over a course of how many weeks that they're going to be open in the summer. And sometimes they rotate two different casts, one for the month of July, one for the month of August, depends yeah. on the theater, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, so so you're busy, like you said, you're, you know... Day yeah. and night, living, breathing and, and eating the shows, which is a really great training ground for somebody that's new to the to the professional side of things. Gotcha. Plus, I think it gives you a credit that says to someone, a casting director, um, you know, a director producing team that, you know, she's kind of been there, done that already. She's not just new right out of college. So it's a good thing for young people to do, I think.
1: Yeah. And it was good for me because it was such an intensive and being from more of the classical world still recently at that time, I was really thrown into a different type of shows back to back, which like I love, I already loved doing, but I was like, okay, like this can be a very fast pace and I can Mm -hmm. do that. It kind of cuts your
0: teeth, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, in a way. So, um, so following the summer stock situation, did you end up, were you auditioning regularly? Did you start to seek out professional representation at that time? Or were you doing the auditioning process on your own? What was what was that for you? So uh, I was still
1: doing it on my own. I was still non-union. I was looking up whatever websites there were at the time of looking up auditions, which is, I guess, pretty much it's like backstage.com is what I was mm-hmm. So after that, I, I was still showing up at open calls and open call is basically a non-union call where you don't get an appointment or sometimes that's kind of changed a little bit where some casting offices will create a sign up for non-union online. That's best case scenario. But a lot of times it's kind of you show up the earlier you get there, the, the earlier you are on the list and more likely to be seen. So it's a long day and, you know, and you also have a job. I mean, I was in the service industry or working front desk at a workout company. Like you're just juggling all of this and it's, it becomes a lifestyle. It's a hustle. It's like yeah. the definition of like hustling for the next job. I started narrowing down a little bit of what I was going to. Cause when I first moved to New York, I just went to every call, like wanted to put, all my eggs in a basket kind of thing,
0: but or two. After- you know, you know what? Too Amy to to be able to be seen by all the different casting people, yeah. right? Because they're yeah. all offering these open calls, and you want to kind of get your face out there so they can see who you are. So that was probably a smart thing to do in that moment. So this is like ten years ago now. So I'm like, yeah. what's, like, what's next we'll get to what's going on now soon because i what know people want people want to hear about that but, but but i guess the question is you were doing it on your so the, you were doing yeah. it on your own you were doing, doing it on something. your own and it wasn't of interest to you to get representation because i have some clients who are adults who don't have any interest in in look in seeking professional representation in, in getting a manager an agent because they don't want to give up the 10% the 15% the 25% if they have both and so they they want to do it on their own and and maybe there's a small percentage that do well in that case i mean you obviously did well in that
1: case i wasn't even thinking of representation because i was still figuring out the musical theater world and mm-hmm. i was like if i was able to book these other things without an agent and like starting out, you don't make very much. It depends on what the job is, but it's, it's livable for them housing you or like where you are. Mm-hmm. But, um, I didn't necessarily want to give up 10% of that because it was mm-hmm.
0: not, of course, a chunk, of course. a chunk, Yeah. You know? mm-hmm.
1: Um, of course, when people would talk about like, well, my agent, my agent, I wanted that, but I, I think I just kept showing up and I, I kind of just kept booking jobs and I was like I think I'm okay so far because Mm -hmm. and I booked at with Prather which is a dinner theater out in Lancaster a couple of times and then I booked with Pioneer Theater which is a great theater out in Salt Lake City Mm -hmm. which is also a union theater so as non-union you could still book union jobs but if you're union you cannot book non-union jobs so I stayed non-union so I can keep the pool Mm -hmm. Mm bigger because I still didn't necessarily have exactly what I needed on my resume to really get into, I guess, the equity chunk.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Understood. Not that it's a
1: higher level, but it's just like you're going, minimizing your options, going equity, because the the theaters that I had previously worked at were no longer an option because Mm -hmm. they didn't hire a union.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's explain, let's explain for a second the differences, right? So just for people who don't understand or aren't part of the industry at this point, once you do um, a union job in theater, you have to join the union pretty much. You know, you can, you can make a decision to not join the union, but once you're in a Broadway show, you're in the union. And once you're in the union and you're part of Actors' Equity Association, then you are limited to auditioning for equity projects. So projects that have signed on to be under the equity guidelines. Mm. And so by doing that, you're mixing yourself with all of the people who have been on Broadway, been doing it a long time, are well-known by all the casting offices, have done a huge body of work. So that space where you were living at that point was Mm -hmm. definitely like, okay, I don't want to limit my opportunities in any way, so let me kind of stay in this space so that I can do both, because you can, as you mentioned, audition for non-union and audition for union at the same time. So it's always kind of this little bit of a trickiness as to whether you join or not join. And there's kind of a similar thing that goes on with film and television Mm -hmm. um, and commercial work with the SAG-AFTRA union as well. Um, But yeah, so I can totally understand why you were in that space. And some people rush to join. You know, they want to join immediately. And um, it's it's really a personal decision, I think.
1: Well, now it's a personal decision because you don't have to get points anymore. When I was younger and I was learning, I was like, how does how does Actors Equity work? Because I was starting to hear about it when I would do musical theater in the summers in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? They were like, you should sign up now. To start getting points. So when I became an eligible member. Which you sign up. And you start gaining points. You had to have 50 points. And a point was a week of rehearsal. At a union job. So I had to gain 50 points. To even be in the union. Mm -hmm. This did not include non-union jobs. So that three months of seven shows that I did. Were not points so i also didn't have the option to join the union while I was non-union you know Mm -hmm. yeah then they changed it to 25 points and i had that but i still didn't join because i was like i feel like i still need more things and that's when i i had booked a lead role in a show and then i booked a tour which i was dance captain for and it was after that tour that i was like i think it's time and yeah so that's when i joined now they've eliminated the point system and anyone can join <laughs>
0: yeah 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 i know how much more can we say about that right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that and that happened since the pandemic right cuz that, that was happened. that was that whole situation that occurred yeah which was yeah. difficult for everyone and they made that decision to do that yeah and that was in
1: 2019 so that was right before the pandemic happened but i even found in those you know i joined the summer 2019 and i started auditioning those six months and i was like wow this is very hard like i was getting in the room because once you one of the perks of being an actor's equity is that you can make appointments through the website to go to auditions so you're not waiting around you're not signing up early in the morning unless if it is completely filled up, you can go and go on an alternate list. There's a whole, there's a whole process there, right? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But the possibility of having an appointment that you can make yourself is there. I did realize after those six months, I was like, I need an agent. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, like, yes, I'm going to these calls, but like they also have agent appointment calls that they will most likely I find book from because that's kind of the first pocket of people that they're seeing. Not that they're better than anyone, but it's like if that's earlier and they see someone that fits a spot that they're trying to fill, that's it. And then all those other calls that you are finding online to book is after that. That's not always the case, but like I was like, I need a little help here.
0: So let's take a little kind of sidebar for a second and talk about um, the side hustle space, because now you are considering the agency or or an agent or a manager. And, and I know that from talking to you previous to this interview, that you had been working under either what it was it management or an agency and doing other types of work, not just the, the Broadway side. And so that's an interesting balance to, to talk about and explain to people in regard to that type of work. So you were doing the side hustle thing, but you also were doing performance type things. So can you talk about that and how you segued there and still kept that goal in mind, that Broadway goal?
1: So all during this time, I was also, um, I did have an agent with modeling and I started with one agency right when I got to New York. It was a three-year contract, booked a few things, but not very much. But I you know, I learned and I was like, it was, it was a huge agency. And I was like, okay, I'm getting lost. Like time to part ways. That was fine. And then I reached out to a relatively new agency and it was primarily for fit modeling, which isn't fitness. It's basically when designers are making their clothes instead of making it on a mannequin. They actually have a human person that they're creating these garments on and they'll ask how it how does the rise feel or certain things. So it's actual feedback, like, and of course, it's like, it's an expensive job, or it's expensive to have a fit model. So it's usually a higher brand. So if I would ever get a gig doing that, that was great, because it's one of the highest hourly paying jobs as a model. And then the agency grew, and they started doing more like commercial stuff or fitness and like, so that opened some things too. I met a few of the girls through the agency. I would, you know, they would have some mixers or whatnot. And I would go, of course, like, and, and I'm saying you have to network and you have to meet people. Like I am social, but in a new setting, it is so scary to me. So this was not easy. So if you're shy and like scared, that's okay. Cause that's also very natural. But like, If someone, even if someone starts talking to you, like it's like they're another human, most likely doing the same thing if it's an audition room, like, of course, creating a connection, but like you don't know where that connection is going to go either. Not that you should only connect to network, but you might make a really good friend and a support system and they might introduce you to something else. And that's one of the things that happened with this model agency is that I met a girl who I'm actually gonna meet later today. (laughs) He's a good friend of mine now who reached out to me because she was working for these dance gigs throughout the city and they needed someone last minute to perform at two parties that weekend. And I happened to be like the same type and size as the girl. Like we would fit the same costumes. And so through that, that's how I got into this pocket of performing in the city, which is like I wouldn't say agencies like an agent, but there's like these entertainment companies that have a roster of dancers and they reach out being like, are you free on these dates and these days for rehearsals? And it's usually for like big events, weddings, these very elaborate, expensive parties but they love having like choreographed dances there that like create a setting or like presenters. So that was a side hustle I got into and was good money in terms of gig work and really fun. Like it was scary because it, it was very much like, oh, you go into this space. We have a little time to rehearse. They do our hair and makeup and we're like, and you have that one time to do it. So it kind of also got me used to like, just go with the flow. Like you don't know what's going <laughs> to happen. Yeah, yeah. And so it kind of, like, took my rigidness away, too, of, like, everything, wanting everything structured. Mm -hmm. But that was a side hustle I got into through someone that I had met. And now I've, like, lent a hand to some friends that were looking for, like, dance gig work. But, like, Mm -hmm. a lot of dancers and
0: performers in the city do that. I don't think parents of young talent, young talented, young adults – are pursuing this know that there's these other avenues so that was really great information for them um that that those opportunities are there and that the main reason you were able to get into that avenue was through networking and friends and talking to people which is really important for everyone to understand as well so um Let's talk about more recently, jump ahead to um, I know that you have done a number of those types of performances where you have sung as well. Mm-hmm. And more recently, I believe it was something at Hudson Yards because I was looking at online and kind of pick, picking up some little tidbits of your background prior to the interview. But um, yeah, can you talk about that that job and was it pivotal for you? Um, and then you also have been or had been working recently as a lead in at the McKittrick as well, mm-hmm. so those yeah. types that type of work kind of you know also kind of fits into that that mold of what you were just explaining, like these other opportunities that the average person would't know, right because here's the teenager or the young adult or the college student sitting there thinking, I want to be on Broadway and not understanding that there's all these other opportunities that can help build your resume so can you talk to that those points a little bit
1: yeah, so. Once again, a friend reached out who was like, hey, there's this huge winter show that's going to be happening um, that's, you know, based around festive activities. That's kind of a variety show, but they're looking for someone. Like, there was going to be a whole, like, maze people go through and they see different worlds. So it was very much, like, ambiance kind of, like, model thing. I had this, like, crazy, like, beautiful art mask that, um, this artist made and so it was like presenting that or whatnot but then the host of the show Shaquita found out that I sing and she's like oh do you want to do one of you know have a little bit in the show and I was like oh sure so I ended up singing an aria into like a pop song like very camp very fun like such a great <laughs> time and you know and it was a job so I was making money off of this and it was actually kind of the first time where like I had my own act. Shaquita like guided me and helped me with that. And like she was a main helper and like guardian angel. And that was also actually one of the scariest things I've done. I was like, what am I doing? What is this, what's happening? But it was so it was such a new, a new space and just a new thing to like kind of challenge myself. And then once I did it, I was like, oh, this is great. And like we would. And it was like four nights a week. It was a great job to have and a great, you know, if you are a performer and you're open to new ideas and getting to work with amazing people, like what's the downside? And it's a job. (laughs) So it was pivotal in that it challenged me to do something different or semi different from what I have been doing, but it just kind of opened, it unlocked the fear in a good way. Like it just, Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. well, uh, yeah. And supporting the fact that now, you know, you can carry like a lead part in, in that kind of a space. I mean, if you had your own little moment and your own little part of that, world that they presented. And now you're that you're the entire focal point. Yeah. You know, even though you had, I'm sure you had other leads in these other musicals that you were doing and the other work that you've done, but you had people around you at this, in in this particular show, that was not the case. It was just you.
1: Yeah. Just me at that moment, like presented, like we all had like pockets and vignettes of like our own act and it's another job. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's great. McKittrick is, if you don't know, it is, it's called McKittrick Hotel. It is not a hotel. It's a huge performance venue where a lot of people know it from the show Sleep No More, which is based on Macbeth. But it's like this interactive show that happens on six floors and like everyone's wearing like a face mask. Like it's it's a really cool, interactive, beautiful crazy show and it's it's primarily dancers because there's really no dialogue anyway they have different um, pockets in that building of performances so they have a magic show or they'll bring in shows from the fringe festival to be there for like a little bit like two months or so mm-hmm. and a girl I met on one of the gigs the dance gigs was working in the building and she was like I'm going to I'm actually going to start a new show and I'll probably have audition soon for it and gave me the information. And I was like, cool. And so I went to the audition and got in and I started the pre-pro with two other girls, which basically means like building the show from scratch, like the choreographer or director are, are trying new things on us. And we're there to like, be like, oh, okay, this like um, basically workshopping the show yeah, that's how i got in the building and then they started rehearsals and building out this crazy awesome show and then the choreographer was also part of the magic show she was like one of the hosts and she was leaving the show and she was like would you like to do it i was like yeah so that was like another performance opportunity that i was not used to because it was like there was written dialogue but it was a lot of improv and like you know interacting more with the audience and I was like this seems cool but scary but like I learned once again learned more things about myself and what I was capable of doing and it was a paid job like it's like once again like you never know in these relationships with people how they will blossom and what may come of it. And like, I never thought I would ever work in that building. Like I, I remember going to see Sleep No More when I first moved to New York and I was like, this is so cool. Oh my gosh. And like, now like I'm rubbing elbows with the people who work there and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. own it. It's like, it's really cool.
0: It's crazy. Yeah. And then that led to a, was it a Super Bowl commercial? Yes. Oh <laughs> my you like right that's so i like more than me <laughs> right well you know what let's wait let's yeah. give it up let's give it up that you have had a very very busy week between yes. your broadway <laughs> show which we'll get to yes. the tony's uh-huh. and and now um broad broadway bear so like oh that's coming God. up this weekend so i'm catching you in between all these things so i don't mind uh helping you to kind of uh-huh. spur your memory right
1: yeah same right
0: you. um yeah i
1: um, one of the producers came up to me and was like, Hey, we were, you know, they want to do a commercial with the magic show and they like, they want you and these three magicians and, um, some people who work there for like background stuff. And, um, it's going to be for the Super Bowl commercial. Like it's like the opening commercial. And, um, it was for a Saints game, which who'd at New Orleans? I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> of course I will. So like what a crazy like moment I was like, wow, I didn't realize this job would land me on national television. Also like in front of like, you know, my friends I grew up with and like like it, it was just such a weird like circular moment. That's probably mm-hmm. the wrong way mm-hmm. to
0: say it. Yeah, um, definitely.
1: So that was really cool. And you just, you never know. You just like, and like I said before, like I am, I get kind of shy. I get, I definitely get scared and fearful of new things, but like, when you push through like that, like it, cause it can feel sickening. Like it's, (laughs) it doesn't feel good. But like when you like, you just like keep going through that, like it's Wow, things happen. Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, more recently, you're up there starring up there with Leah Michelle in a amazing Broadway show that it's a hot ticket. Oh my! Goodness. On Broadway, and congratulations officially.
1: Thank you. It's it's a dream. Like you know, of course, like I moved to New York and. When you're fresh and new and like every, but everyone's path is different. Some people book it right away. Like, or some people are like, oh, I'm just, I, I decided I don't want to do it. Or there's a lot to it. There's not just one journey. And there was just kind of no other path for me. I was like, this is going to happen. And of course I had my doubts at times, but like, I've been here for 10 years and I booked my first Broadway show, but that doesn't mean I didn't do anything else, you know? Like, mm-hmm it's been a really cool way of getting here.
0: Well, you but- know what too? I feel like the time that you put in, the energy you put in and and your journey is so and tell me if I'm wrong, but you're able to really understand yourself. Do you know what I mean? And like you went through all these different kind of stepping stones, you know, and to the point where okay, this was your time. You were ready, you were the right type, you were the right. So talk about that a little bit. Maybe the audition process a little bit, but But how you see it from your perspective, um, Mm -hmm. this particular show at this time with your talent, your ability, your type, like so that people can understand that, you know, you don't want to hang all of those things on one in one basket or whatever. You know, I I don't know how to really put that, but just the whole the whole idea that when it's your time, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It, it it happened for you because of all of these these things lining up. Like, people talk about the stars lining up for them. You know what yeah. I mean? Do you feel like that was part of it? Like, talk about how you felt about the whole process.
1: Well, I so Funny Girl just made their year. I, I knew a couple people were leaving. And they did post auditions online to make appointments. But my boyfriend, Kurt Solak, who happens to be in the show, he said they had agent appointments and i do have an agent but here's another thing it's like yeah they're doing the work for you and getting you auditions but if there's a way to get an appointment like if you know something give your agent information or tell your agent oh my god there's this audition like can you get me a slot kind of thing like absolutely it, it, it takes both so Kurt gave my agent information to, um, I want to say it was the assistant choreographer or maybe assistant director. I can't remember who, but he was like, do you want me to like, would you like to try to get a slot? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I got an appointment to rewind. Like I knew I was good for this show because I it's the Ziegfeld Follies showgirl. I've done this quite a lot. I did Will Rogers Follies spam a lot which has very showgirl moments like I know I'm you can be more than one type like showgirl isn't my only type but that's something I get cast in a lot so that's when I was like yes let's go so I got the appointment I showed up to the audition they probably saw about 100 people that day we learned the tap combination first and then the jazz and um yeah. It was like, it was not easy and you just kind of have to like eat your eggs in the morning and push through, like make sure your brain's <laughs> on, you know? Um, but I felt good about it. Like I was also in like a good mindset that day. That's another thing you have to like take care of your mental health and like you are in a good space because that shows too. Like when you feel confident and like ready in a room, they see that. And then after we danced, they, they'll they make cuts, and so they'll, they'll name the names of people that they want to keep around that day, and usually it's to sing, and this time it was to sing and read some lines that some of the ensemble has. So I went in, I had 16 bars ready to sing. Um, I am a soprano, and since I'm a dancer who's a soprano, which isn't always the case, I'm like, I'm going to showcase that because... Not that it's a rarity, but like, I feel like that's like something, if they can get someone who could sing that high stuff and dance Mm -hmm. at the same time, let's go. So I did that. I sang and they're like, oh, great. You know, and they asked me to read. They gave me some direction on the reading, which is always a good thing because that means they're like, okay, let's see if she can take direction, like. They probably like what they saw so far if they're even going to bother to like go that next step. Oh, and also after I sang, the music director vocalized me and like did some scales to see my range, which is also a good thing. If they ever ask for more, it's a great thing. If they don't, that's fine too, because I've also been in calls where I've been like, oh, they're not interested. And I booked it. Like, you just don't know. You do not know. So I left and like, I felt very good about that audition, which is also not always the case, but I was like, oh, that was good. You know, would be cool if I booked it, but you know, I'm not expecting anything because they saw so many people and you never know what exactly what they need or what they're looking for. There's so many different boxes to check. And then the next day, my agent emailed me. It was like, we're getting an offer from Funny Girl today. And I was like, I, like, I was like, I was taking my little 30 minute cat nap before it like, the show i had to do that night it was when i was doing the magic show mckittrick and i was like i'm sorry what (laughs) i was like is this a dream (laughs) and um yeah the offer came the next day and it was crazy It (laughs) it was a dream come true it like but i also like couldn't believe it until like I was in rehearsal because like I found out mm-hmm. in January and I didn't get into rehearsals until like beginning of April and I
0: was like I don't know if it's real. I don't know if it's happening. Mm-hmm. So yeah. once you got into rehearsals it was a very short amount of time right. Can you talk to that point about how what your experience was because you were going into a show that had already been developed so you're not doing the, the normal kind of pace of learning the show and all of that So what was that experience like and how much time did they give you before you debuted? Yeah. So
1: they gave me two weeks for rehearsal and it was more like 10 days because that includes like their off day on Monday. They're not going to rehearse on their off day and all Mm -hmm. that. Sure. Um, So it's interesting because I have been on the other side, like when I was on tour, I was the dance captain teaching people who were coming in mid-show or replacing others in, like, a very quick fashion. So I had been on the other side before. So I was like, okay, like, I kind of know how this goes. No. It is to have so much focus on you. And, of course, this is a personality thing, too. Like, everyone works differently under different conditions but I was not ready for like because it was the dance captain the assistant dance captain and me and stage management and um, the pianist during rehearsals and it was about just teaching me the show and like yeah that was a different kind of pressure that I I wasn't ready for like I knew it was going to be a quick process but I was like oh this is a lot I went through every emotion possible like not in Like, I was professional. (laughs) It's also okay to, like, I would have talks with my dance captain, and he'd be like, how are you feeling? And, like, I'd be honest. And, like, it's okay. I mean, of course, like, you want to be, you know, if you're in a safe space. And I was. And I was like, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm a little scared, like, on the fifth day of rehearsal. And, like, I was supported, which was really nice. And I did it. I knew I'd be able to learn it, but it was just such a new learning experience that sure. I hadn't had before. Yeah. And so then we had a few days before I I actually went into the show, we have a thing called a put in where the whole cast comes. We go through the show and I'm the only one in costume and wigs. And I'm basically doing the tracking or where I'm going on stage with everyone there. So as I was rehearsing, no one else is there, but I'm told this person is there. You need to hit this number. There's another person here. It's creating this. So that was the first time I actually had other humans on stage to actually be like, okay, that's what you're talking about. This is what it feels like. Oh, I'm on four. But like, it's kind of hard to see that number with the lights so okay it lines up with the aisle and the audience so I'll go off of that like it's just all of these little intricate things that make a Broadway show or any show like Hitting Your Mark look that much better and in sync so that was scary (laughs) (laughs) a little bit (laughs) But what was nice is like the ensemble, whenever they have put in days, they they have like little themes. I think it's it's nice. It kind of lightens the mood. And so that day, it was like a beach theme. So everyone was in beachwear and floaties. <laughs> it might have been a few speedos at some point. <laughs> That's so fun. <laughs> so it was actually really funny. And then... That Tuesday was my first show and like I was still rehearsing up until that moment and it was an outer body experience. (laughs) But um, a friend did tell me who I met on another contract who's also in a Broadway show right now. She was like, the best advice I ever got was like that first show, you're going to feel crazy. Like it's, it's a lot. Once you're at Bows, like you've done it take it in, picture your younger self on that balcony who just like wanted this so badly. And like, it was the best advice I got. Like, I, I it was really amazing.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, like, of course, like, it took me about like a week or two to really feel settled. Because like, after such a quick rehearsal time, so much, it's a pressure. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, I finally was like, okay. We <laughs> can have a little more fun with it, oh, right? Right, I right, right, probably right, Place this a little better, like just finding
0: mm-hmm.
1: like the the longevity of it, and like mm-hmm.
0: what works and, and settling that. into being able to know what to focus on. I'm sure as you're going from one, you know, space to the next in the actual like drill that you have to do, and all of the things because the dancing is is pretty intense. The tap dancing in that show is incredibly um. difficult. <laughs>
1: I mean, Ayodele is like one of the best tap choreographers living today. So I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> and her um, assistant, Dre, who is also an amazing tap dancer, actually came in for a couple of the rehearsals, which was was scary. You know, like I am I can tap, but I had never done Ayodelli's tap dancing before. And it is so fast. But I've become a better tap dancer because of this. Mm -hmm. That was also like a very like exciting
0: yet scary moment. Another new thing.
1: Yeah. You know what?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I, I feel like your whole story is really pointing toward push yourself to like be in a space that's outside your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. It seems like that kind of has happened along the way to you with every, all these projects to bring you to where you were or where you are rather today. Mm -hmm. And more recently talk, let's talk about the Tonys before we run out of time. That was an incredible surprise. I think the, you know, the people who follow musical theater across this country and the world looked at that, like, wow, we're getting this special treat, Mm -hmm. to have the cast of Funny Girl and Leah up there doing an iconic, I mean, number. Leah sounded freaking, of course she sounded amazing.
1: Yeah. But it was so great to do that. And also, like, to be honest, for being on the Tony stage for the first time and to not have to worry about falling on my face or like doing anything crazy, it was like, and we were all there, like, supporting Leah, too, like, Mm-hmm. I can't imagine the pressure. I, I actually, that is a whole nother, like, just like feeling that like she was pushing through and like experiencing. I'm sure we're all human, you know, we all feel bad, But it was nice to like, because I was standing there and like acting with everyone around me and with her, it was nice. I could also take in what was actually happening. And, and maybe like, and I would love to dance or sing a lot more the next time the Tony stage is presented to me but um that was a nice
0: first time and like performance of of that number that don't she sang for those of you who might not know don't rain on my parade iconic legendary broadway song done by just you know a legend in her own time And, and and they performed as the finale they were the final performance so that was pretty magical for you it's just I feel like you know your your career has been catapulted um, <laughs> <laughs> of recent. You know, and there, there's only more to do. I'm sure there's just going to be more and more for you. But um, mm-hmm. so let's talk about. Well, let me ask you this first before we kind of wrap things up. Do mm-hmm. you have any specific advice, whether that be for a young person? with the same aspirations, or for a young adult who has come to New York with the same goals and dreams? um, Anything you could think of that you would want to share? I know I said already, like, show up.
1: Like, if you, even if you, like, don't feel like taking that dance class that day, of course, if, like, you have an injury, don't take it. (laughs) Like, that's... Or if like that morning, you're like, oh, I don't really want to go to that audition. If it's just because you don't want to go at the end of the day, I found it was the fear that was holding me back. Of course, you know, if you're not, maybe you're not in a good emotional state to go like, of course, follow, like, take care of yourself. That's another thing. Take care of yourself. Eat, get your sleep when you can, but just just show up. There's been so many jobs that I've gotten that I remember the morning of that I woke up and I was like, I don't feel like doing this today. But that was at the end of the day, just the fear trying to protect me. Like your fear is a protection. Like it's that's why it's there. But like if you didn't have fear, you'd be a psychopath. Right. So like (laughs) it can be in the car with you, but don't let it drive. I read that from from a book. I can't remember which one. Yeah, just push through. Like, it's uncomfortable, and it's supposed to be, but it will become comfortable once you, like, you dip your toe and, and do it.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So um, let's talk about what's coming up this weekend. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, th- this will air after the fact, but let's talk about what that project is and what it means and what it means to you and why you made the decision to join in and be a part of that.
1: Yeah, so this weekend is Broadway Bears. It is a performance, which everyone who's on it is fundraising for Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS. This started about 30 years ago, I believe, and it's basically raising money for initially started with AIDS, and then it has grown into raising money for women's health, um, the Actors Fund, which it's not called the Actors Fund anymore, but it is actually something I had used in the past for um, talking with a social worker while in the meantime, trying to find a therapist. Like it is a great, great resource for people in the performing arts. So it's money to that and to several other causes. Like it's become such a huge, huge fundraising to support. Um, so in order to do the show, you also have to have your own personal fundraiser, which um, is great. Like they raised a million dollars last year. Like that's insane. That, that is, is insane. It. And everyone's donating their time. Like all the dancers, makeup, hairstylists. I believe tech, like it's this huge, amazing, cool performance that it also just celebrates everyone and their bodies and just a really good time. Like it is so much fun. My schedule is going to be crazy this weekend with like even Saturday and Sunday it's like 9 a.m. rehearsal for that I have two shows on Saturday and then Sunday morning I have 9 a.m. rehearsal I have a show and then I have tech rehearsal after that for Broadway Bears and then two shows that night like it's work but it's I wouldn't want to be doing anything else it's really cool and it's a great cause and I've already made new friends with this like it's just such a cool fun thing.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. So if someone wants to continue to follow your journey, can you share how they can do that? And if they wanted to get in contact with you for anything in the future, you know, other interviews or any kind of work that might come. Yeah. If you could share what and how they would do that.
1: Yeah. So if you want to follow my journey, I'm pretty up to date with Instagram stuff. My Instagram name is at Amy underscore Laviolette. So that's at Amy underscore L-A-V as in Victor, I-O-L-E-T-T-E. If you would like an interview or a coaching or a and a or something like that, you can email me. And that's amy at gmail.com. That's L-A-V-I-O-L-E-T-T-E, A-M-Y at
0: gmail.com. Thank you so much for talking with me today. This has been amazing. I love I love your story and your journey and I think everyone is going to really learn a lot and be inspired. So thank you. Thank
1: you. Like to be honest, like this was a scary thing for me today. Like interviews and talking on the spot. I tend to lose my words when I'm feeling a little socially anxious and this is another thing that I've pushed through and enjoyed and Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love you so much. Right. Thank you. I love you too.
0: If you'd like to follow Amy to keep up with all that she is doing, follow her on Instagram at Amy underscore let and join me every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Need more information? Visit lbctalent.com or lbctalent.thinkific.com and follow me on socials at Lisa underscore LBC talent. By sharing our stories, we can help other talented individuals plan the career of their dreams.